season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. JKR podcast. Today we have Arkansas Sticks catcher and pitcher, Arkansas native and 2024 Arkansas Razorback baseball commit. Got Lawson Ward on the podcast. Lawson, super pumped to get you on the show. How are you doing today? Good. Super glad to be on this. Hey, awesome, man. Appreciate it. Um, but one question to one question before we kind of dig into the baseball side of things. Um, I kind of like to ask everybody this question, and that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Lawson Ward? Uh, first of all, I'm really hardworking. Uh, I don't like uh, – I like to be better than everyone or try to be, but I know it's not – like, I don't like being, like, second option. <laughs> More of, like, get it done, keep grinding at it. I'm not going to quit. Once I start one thing, I'm not going to see, like, something else and go towards it. I'm going to finish that one thing I have, and it's not going to give up really mentally tough so yeah all right so you said you mentioned hardworking there obviously that's a pretty common characteristic of guys who are committed to power five schools and schools like Arkansas who are consistently going to the college world series so kind of take us through how that was kind of engraved into you potentially at a young age or how you just became such a such a hard worker yeah well my dad caught in college and he was just telling me that it just takes a lot of hard work to get to the next level and you know, nobody's going to wait on you while you're, like, sleeping in or something. Someone else is out there getting better than you. So, I really just, like, I was like, yeah, I want to do this when I get older, and I don't want to be just half do it. I want to go full out in it. So, okay. so you, you mentioned there that you don't like to finish second. Again, I think that's a common characteristic within just winners in life, guys who are going to uh, big schools, and guys who are just good at baseball and good at everything. Um, so, when you do finish second and you are, in, like, you're behind somebody, how do you go about getting ahead of them and potentially beating them in a certain, in a certain category? It doesn't have to be just baseball. It can be in life in general. So how do you go about when you are second and you're trying to get ahead of the guy who's in front of you? Uh, just like ask people second opinions because, you know, it's I'm hard headed. So, I mean, I think my way is the only way sometimes, but you know, sometimes you got to get people's second opinion and then just, you know, go from there. And then just, uh, if it's like, baseball wise you just, you just gotta work like to be the top you gotta you just gotta outwork this other person so like really I can say just try to outwork them and just perfect your craft to the most you can yeah all right well I, I love to hear stuff like that I just I just always love talking to guys hardworking guys who are hard-headed like you said uh guys who just don't like to don't like to finish anything but first uh, but let's dig into the baseball side of things. Let's dig into the Arkansas sticks. Two, two started out um, since Coach Brewster's kind of the reason we got connected. Um, so when was it that you first got connected with the Arkansas sticks? Uh, going into my freshman year uh, that summer. Well, that was before. Like, so after, like, we have, like, a school ball thing. So it was, like, and that's the year COVID hit. So it was, like, I didn't really know what team I was going to play for. It was either the uh, BPA or the Sticks. And I heard a really good things about the Sticks. And I've seen, like, a lot of players committing out of there. And I was like, that looks like a great, uh, like, place to play organization. And then so one of my 
one of my buddies that goes to my school, his dad said that Coach Bruce was looking for a 24 catcher and wondered if I was interested. And they, we told him, yeah. So that's how we got. He gave us Coach Brewster's number, and we kind of texted him through there. And then that's where it got started. Okay. So BPA is also a pretty good program besides the sticks. So uh, yes, did you sir. have any conversations with them, or was it kind of just that you were interested in going and playing for that program? Uh, well, there's a guy who runs one of the hitting facilities down here, Travis Flory, and he really uh, – he's like – Coach Bianco was really interested in me and, like, wanted to set up a phone call. So we did some, like, film for him. And then uh, he was, I guess, Coach Bianco's son coaches one of the BPA teams. And my buddy Slade Caldwell from my school, he plays for them. And he, he was like, get him down here, like, for a tryout. We'd love to see him. But I never ended up going. Just went straight for the sticks. Just okay. went with the like, all right, so Co- so Coach Brewster reaches out to you, um, saying he wants a twenty twenty four catcher. Can you take us through what that maybe your first interaction was with Coach Brewster? Um, maybe what you were first thinking when you first met him, and kind of how your guys' relationship has grown since that kind of first time, that first interaction with him. Uh, the first time I met him actually was at the state championship. Well, no, state playoffs um, in twenty twenty one. No, twenty twenty. And no, it was 21, 2021. And uh, I was hurt my freshman year. So I really wasn't playing any and I'd saw him and I was like, kind of scared. I'm not going to lie. I was like, man, he's got such like, he's a big guy. Everyone knows like, he doesn't really probably know me. Like I'm like a nobody, but I was like, and then the second time I met him, it was at uh, this year's sticks showcase. Like, this everything we do sticks days what we call and I met him there and I kind of showed out and then from there it was like I talked to him he told me to go introduce myself to a couple of coaches and from there it's just been this this summer talked to him a lot you know text him back and forth just uh yeah we've just been really pretty tight from there yeah so with, with you being part of the Sticks program now for a little bit since your eighth grade year, um, and now you're going to be heading into your junior year, um, this is kind of around the same time that the Sticks kind of took off and just became kind of a powerhouse within travel baseball. Um, obviously, a big reason for that is Coach Brewster and just all the guys he brings in. But with you kind of being an insider of the Sticks program, playing for them inside and out all summer um, for some fall ball tournaments as well, um, what do you think has led to the success of the Arkansas Sticks these past couple of years? Uh, definitely uh, Coach Brewster getting all these really good kids. You know, like, everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Like, he's ran a really good program. So, you know, it's going to be, like, everyone wants to be with the sticks. And so I think it's just getting those guys. And then, like, obviously, whenever we get the guys, it's like everyone has something in common and everyone has a goal. So it's like we all bond on all cylinders. Like, everyone's hanging out with each other like Snapchat and everything. And I think that's just like really a big like thing in this organization is like everyone gets along. Like no one really hates each other or tries to be me, me, me. It's all like, I want it for everyone. Like I want it more for my friend than I like do for me. Like I'm like seeing like, he's uh like, I want it for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, um, who are so when you for that first? So, take us through that first time you were with the sticks. Uh, maybe the guys that you bonded with the most, and maybe now who are the guys you were the best friend, the best friends with, um, who you're playing um, ever all summer tournaments with with the sticks. 
Uh, first time I played with the Sticks, I was with Kel Busby, Mark Brissy, uh, Brenton Clark, really good friend of mine. We always hang out. Uh, uh, Grant Johnson, really good friend. Jackson Kircher, him too. He's he's really one of my good buddies. Really good player. Uh, and really Paxton Flag too. He's one of the other catchers. Me and him got along along pretty well. This year didn't have as many, but I really just hung out with uh, Mark Mark Brissy a lot, uh, Britton Clark and Kel, and Jackson Kircher mostly. Like that's really my like, the group. Yeah. So you mentioned Brighton, you mentioned Mark. I mean, you said Kale. I mean, all those guys I've I've talked to here in these past couple of weeks, they were also with you when you went to Jupiter there a couple of weeks ago. So kind of let's go through that Jupiter tournament a little bit. Obviously, it was the first time Coach Brewster got you guys as the White Sox scout team. I see that on your on your shirt right there as well. Um, so let's take take us through what that Jupiter Jupiter tournament was like for you. Obviously, I heard you guys struggled there a little bit at the beginning, but then kind of turned it on at the end. But it was just a little too late when it came to pool play. Um, so kind of take us through what that Jupiter tournament was like for you. Oh, it was it was something else. It was uh, I thought I've seen a bunch of scouts before at the future games, but like pulling up to there, it was crazy. Like the future games compared to the Jupiter, it was just unreal. Like there was so many scouts, so many talented players, and then like having the clubhouse too was just crazy. Like usually Brewster wants us there dressed and ready to go, but like being able to pull up late with some food or like drink and you got shorts and a shirt on and you can just go in the clubhouse and chill with everybody, listen to music. Like there's all your own bathroom is in there. It was just crazy. And then uh, I think some people were like, like, we weren't like all like one, like we were just kind of like everybody didn't know nobody the, at first, but then towards the end, it was like everyone was starting to click with each other and just everyone was just, feeding off of each other and like I think that's what got us to started like really winning towards the end yeah so you said at the beginning not very many many people knew each other is that because it was a mix of classes between 23 24 and 25 or is there another reason for that uh yeah I think it was really because it was like a lot of mixes and we got a bunch of new guys from different like places where we haven't really met before so yeah I definitely think that's one of the reasons why Okay. So what was what was the big reason you guys ended up did you guys end up did bonding on um, that point at the end of that week um in Jupiter? Uh I think it was just everybody like you know hitting together BP getting to talk about everything where like then we started like really getting comfortable around each other in the clubhouse like sharing stuff with each other and you know I started I was staying at a hotel with Ty Wade uh Brex Caldwell uh Tommy and Britton and we all could just like, it was just fun. We got to go eat with each other, you know, just got to just share each other's stories back home and stuff. And I think that was just a really big part of it. All right. So you mentioned that Marlins Clubhouse. I mean, I've talked to all the guys who went to Jupiter and they've all loved it. Said it was a great experience. Also, also another cool thing was those White Sox jerseys being that White Sox scout team, like we mentioned earlier. Um, so, guy, take us through what was that like wearing those White Sox jerseys? And then in your mind, do you think that that left kind of a bigger target on your guys' back? being that scout team and wearing those jerseys? Uh, definitely. It, it was an unreal experience wearing those White Sox jerseys. Like, the closest experience you could get to being in a, on an MLB team, it was uh, it was just crazy with all the gear we got and stuff. And 
Yeah, I think it did leave a bigger target on our back because everyone probably wanted to beat us. Like, they got the clubhouse. Like, they're getting to hitting these BP cages that no one else is. And they have all the good players. And they, I think people definitely wanted to beat us because of that. So, yeah. Okay. So, how did, how did Coach Brewster, how did he run the whole catching situation when you guys were there in Jupiter? Because I know you were on the team, Charlie Carter – Ty Wade, um, I believe there was a, a fourth catcher on that roster as well who's committed somewhere pretty big. Um, so how did how did Brewster kind of go about making sure all you guys got some good quality time behind the plate? Uh, well, yeah, those uh, he he wanted me down there just to, like get a good experience and learn and a lot of knowledge because you know like I'm the next catcher like it's like they're kind of like passing the torch to me so like I, mainly for me was to go learn but. I got to play way more than I was expecting. So he just uh, – it was mainly Charlie and Trip catching, like the yep, bigger yep, games. And I would – yeah, it was Charlie and Trip catching. And then, like, if we were up by a lot or something, I would go in there and hit and stuff. So it mainly was just for me was just to go learn from them because they have – they're mature, like more mature than me. And they know, like, they have experience. So I was like – I was going down there to really just learn. But I got to play – like two or three games. So what did you learn most from Trip and uh, Trip and uh, Charlie? Uh, it's like when things are going bad, you have to like talk to your pitcher and you have to keep them mentally calm because like it's in their hands really. Like it's not like some pitchers like to like blow it way out of proportion and uh, just like get in their head. And you got to make sure they're staying within the game. And it's like, and Trip taught me like. He was just to have fun, be loose, don't be tight. Like, just go out there and play your game. So, so like you said, you were one of those younger guys there at, in Jupiter, and you didn't, you weren't expecting to play a lot, but you ended up playing those couple games. So, yes, what sir. was that? What was that competition level like with you kind of going up and playing up against the twenty threes? Uh, I've seen like some really good stuff. Like it was, it was some good talent, but just like I was kind of like prepared for it though because the the future games there was some really good talent there it was uh it was a lot of kids in the 90s and I was kind of prepared for it because I've seen some really good talent throughout uh my age too especially like the WWBA that we played in and just like a lot of tournaments throughout the summer so I think I was kind of like ready for it but yeah like I think I was ready for it yeah so playing in Jupiter this fall this is kind of the end of your junior year of travel ball so now next year are you going to go play in the mlk um in january uh yes sir okay so you're playing the mlk in january and then you got next summer kind of as your last travel ball season so what are you looking forward to most for your last travel ball season and then also kind of to second that um what are some of your favorite memories that have come from these past couple of years playing travel ball uh next season i'm hoping just is like just catch a dub every game like win, 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 and just draw attention and uh, hopefully, you know, get some scouts talking to me. And, uh, yeah, just bond with the guys, go have fun with them, and just keep winning. And hopefully, like, kind of, like, be the best class Brewster's, like, ever seen through the program. Like, I, I think we our class has talent for that. And some of the younger guys that will play for us, too, like Mark Brissy, he he definitely come in and just, like, do his thing and – I just think that just win. And I, some of the most, like, ex best experience I've had was definitely, like, the hotels with the guys. 
swimming, you know, hanging out with them late at night, playing the PlayStation, you know, just getting to connect with each other, staying at each other, like, after our tournaments, you know, is, I think that's probably the best experience I've ever had from Travel Bowl. Yeah, I'm sure. So you said there that you have faced some good competition, obviously facing it at the WWBA. I heard you guys got to play Noah Franco. I don't know if you got to hit up hit up against him or not. No. Um, but then just other players that you've played in the 20, 2024 class or just playing in Arkansas high school baseball, um, who do you think has been the toughest pitcher that you've faced so far in your career or just so far this season? Uh, toughest? Down here, uh, definitely Lance Davis. <laughs> he's got He's got some wicked stuff. Like, he doesn't look like somebody that's going to shove it down you, but when he gets on the mound, he just absolutely eats your lunch. It's like – and his facial expression the whole time doesn't change. His body never changes, and it's crazy. Like, he's a freak good athlete. And uh, – but other than that, definitely I would say future games like Team Tennessee. I saw a lefty that was 91 to 93, and it was uh, – he was really good, <laughs> very good. I ended up getting a base hit off of him, but I think it was just lucky. <laughs> just closed my eyes and swung. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's probably the toughest face. Lance, Lance is probably the toughest pitch I've ever faced. Okay. So, take us through that Futures game a little bit, getting to play. I take it that was this past this past August when you were there. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. It was right. during – it was like August. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, take us through what it was like playing there at Lake Point for the Futures games and just what, what that entire event was. Because, I mean, I know there's tons of scouts there, like you mentioned. Um, you're, you're, I mean, you're kind of playing in front of – what could potentially be your future coaches? So, can I take yeah. us through what the, those that PBR Futures game was like? Uh, it was crazy. I, I've never been to one, so I was like, expect I wasn't expecting it to be like this big. But like, I walk in and I see different teams from everywhere, people speaking like different languages to each other. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and then, uh, like, I go to watch. Like, we go to do the warm ups, and I'm getting ready. And I'm having, like, my coach come up to me and is like, hey, Tennessee is going to watch you. They're interested. Like, Missouri's here to watch you, Alabama. And I have well, – I was like, well, okay, wow. And I look up in the stands, like, when I'm about to take BP, and there's just scouts everywhere. And I was like, holy moly, this is crazy. I was trying not to get nervous, like you say, like, just pretend they're not there. But, like, I couldn't do it. I was like, I know they're there. So, it was just crazy. I, I mean, ended up playing really good. So I was like, thank God. But I was not going to lie. I was kind of like pooping down both legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, when you do see those scouts there, obviously you said you still play pretty well. So how yeah. did you kind of go about like blocking them out in a way um, as much as you possibly can to play well during the Futures game? Uh, I was just starting to like, well, this summer, like I knew I had some watching me. So I was like, just the first time I was just trying to do too much. And, you know, that that's when you play your worst, just trying to do too much. I was just walking out there, like, be a team player. Like, don't try to be me, 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 because, like, you can – as a catcher, like, I can do more for the team by, like, just being verbal and just trying to go out there and score runs, like, runners on. Don't try to, like, be a big home run guy. Just try to, like, put the ball in play and score them or move them over with the base hit. And I just think that's – that's what got me to like perform at my level was just do my thing and kind of like go out there with swag and like 
you know, I think that's what got me. Yeah. So what what was that day to day like when you were when you were at um, Lake Point playing for the Futures game? Uh, first day we did like a showcase, like sixty pop time. Uh, then you took like BP rounds, and I just did ground balls because I was like, you know, I'm here, might as well do them. And then uh, that we did that the first day, and then second day we played against game one against uh, Missouri, I think it was. I don't know if I'm right about that, but it was. Uh, it was some team, I don't know, but we won. We ended up winning like 15 to like two. And then second day, we played Tennessee, and that was a good game. Like, they were really good. We ended up winning like three to four. It was a really close game. And then that's when Coach Nate called. And then we played uh, in day. I think we played like Ohio maybe, and we beat them. And so we ended up like being the only team that went 3-0. and So, yeah. So who are some of those guys that were on the, that team, Arkansas, with you? Was were there a lot of Arkansas sticks, or were there some guys who play for other programs as well? Oh, no, those it was, like, mainly sticks. Yeah, it was, like, Paxson Flagg, Grant Johnson, Jackson Kircher, Eli Cresilius, Davis York. Uh, I feel like I'm missing some. Oh, Aiden Velasquez. Uh, I think that's it, yeah. So, like, right, so, seven, six or seven people that were on my right. team. So for guys like for guys like myself and fans of just college baseball, who are some other guys that were on that team to be on the lookout for, and some guys on the Arkansas sticks who have maybe flown underneath the radar? Um, in your opinion, that uh, just fans and just people in general should be on the lookout for. Oh wow, like one hundred percent, Jackson Kircher. He's a he's a dog. He's like he hits like it blows my mind. Like it's it's every time he hits the ball off the bat. Upper 100s, exit below. He runs a sub 760. He's 90 off the mound, and he's like 6'5". He's he's a stud. And then, you know, Eli Cresilius, he goes to my school. That like, though, he's like a – he's our ace for our school. 88, you know, he's three – four-pitch mix. Knows he's like – like, he went 8-0 and in high school ball, started the state championship, pitched as a freshman at Valley View. Uh, Aiden Velasquez, he recently just committed to um, UCA. He was really, really good guy for us. Uh, Owen Coyle, he's actually a top uncommitted for uh, us, and he's from Oklahoma, Stillwater, actually. So where uh, – and he was he was shortstop with Jackson Holiday, I think. Well, he was short uh, – second baseman, middle infield with Jackson, so – okay. So, so did ja- Jackson went to Stillwater High School then, right? Since his dad yes, coaches there in Oklahoma. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I Um, so you talk about you talk. What was the guy's name? Um, who plays at your high school? Uh, Eli Cresilius. Okay, so you mentioned Eli. Um, so let's kind of dig into high school baseball just a little bit. What, in your opinion, obviously, I mean, Texas high school baseball, the state right next to you, is arguably one of the best states when it comes to high school baseball. There's Florida, Georgia, California, Arizona as well. But where do you think Arkansas kind of comes up on that list when it comes to just high school baseball in general and just the competition and the talent level within different states? But I think I think Arkansas is like Loki slept on. Like we've got some dudes out here. Like like Jonesboro last year had like seven Arkansas commits on their team. It was like a powerhouse. And then Valley View, we're back to back state appearances and what was like state championship. Two years ago, lost unfortunately last year. Uh, I mean, we're loaded. We have we have a 
two, three guy, two guys that are 90, upper, like, low 90s on the mound. One guy up two or three, like, two guys upper 80s. We have old Miss commit, Slade Caldwell, like, top 20 player in the country. And then we have, like, me commit to Arkansas, going to Arkansas. And then we have a Crowder commit. He's 90, 92. Like, I think we just got – we got some dudes. Yeah, yeah. So, you you say that you guys went to state last year. So, kind of dig through that kind of state run, uh, just what last season was like, and then uh, what, the, what the outlook on this spring, your junior spring is going to be, be like, maybe some guys that you're bringing back or even some guys that you're losing and you guys maybe need to fill some roles in. Uh, last year, we went to regionals. Uh, we were conference champs, and then we went 8-0. We went to regionals had the first seed, ended up losing to Lone Oak, which is a – they have four – three Arkansas commits on their team. Crazy. They have a really good pitcher, Trip Sullivan. Uh, they have Steel Ease, which is another really good pitcher they got. And uh, Cole Spears also committed Arkansas on their team. I mean, it was just loaded powerhouse. Like, faced all their good pitchers. And we ended up losing to them by, like, a walk-off, I think. So, we got, like, second seed going into state. End up doing really well. Uh, first game we played Farmington. I put us up 2-0 with a bomb, like first inning. Didn't score any runs after that. And then last inning, we kind of like went off. It was like 2-3. to three. Last inning, we went off and scored like 15 runs. And I was like, wow, okay. Run rolled them. And then second game, I forgot who we played, to be honest. Uh, and we, we played – absolutely destroyed them like we just came off hot and third game we played shallow christian i think it was like a tied ball game four to four i had like bases loaded i had a bomb to put us up big and then from there we just really just kept going and then we just rundled them in the sixth and then state championship we had harrison we got up eli was kind of struggling a little bit and then just – we went to extra innings. I think we went to nine innings, and then we lost. Uh, it was unfortunate, but it was a really good game. But, yeah, we lost there. But in this year, we didn't really lose many guys. We lost a couple, like especially like big leaders. But I think we have some guys that can come in and lead. But we have a really, really good freshman class coming up. And I think, like, we can depend on those guys. And, like, if one of us can take them under our arms – and kind of show them the way that we do stuff, like, I think we could have a chance of being really, really good this year. So so losing those leaders, and with you kind of being a junior now, a little bit of an upperclassman besides being that freshman sophomore, um, are you kind of, in a way, expected to be a leader? or are there Yes, sir. Like, I know a bunch of kids look up to me, so I know I have to go in there and kind of, like, I need to be a leader and not just, like, try to, like, show out and be the cool dude. Like, I need to go in there and, like, when we work, we need to work, like, and I need to show kids the right way to do things. not, like, okay, let's goof off off practice and then lose the games. Like, no, I want to win. I want to show them that we're a winning team. Yeah. So what's Arkansas? What's Arkansas high school baseball like in your region? So um, when you're going through your guys' high school, you're just your regular season schedule. Like how often are you facing another guy who's committed to a Power Five? Like if you're facing a Power Five guy, like is it rare, or do you occasionally just randomly you're facing another guy who's committed to OSU, Arkansas, LSU schools like that? Uh, we don't really face like big uh, like Power Five commits. It's more like like. Good JUCOs, Division ones like Crowder, UCA, U- U- University of Little Rock at Arkansas. 
but like usually our non-conference games is usually when we'll see like a power five guy. Okay. So what, what is, so how does that, how does that state championship run kind of look like in terms of like, does every, is every school in the state of Arkansas make the state tournament and then everyone kind of goes from there or do you have to have a certain record or finish in what place in your conference? Like how does that work in Arkansas? Um, just yeah, you have to be, on. you have to be top four in conference, like in your conference to make it to regionals. We will, we just got moved up to 5A now, so we're not 4A anymore. So I don't know how 5A works, but 4A, you went to regionals. And if you got top three, yeah, top three regionals when there's four different, two different regions, then you go to your state champion, like your state playoffs. Okay. And how many, how many, uh, you said 4A to 5A, how many of those one, two, three, four, five A's are there? Uh, it goes up to, uh, 6A, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, so you, you guys are, six, you guys are a pretty big school in terms of size-wise in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, so let's move on a little bit to the recruiting process to Arkansas. You're staying in-state, going to play in Fayetteville. Well, like I said earlier, one of the best baseball programs there is. Um, so let's dig into it. So when did that recruiting process uh, kind of get started for you? Uh, freshman year kind of started. Uh, had some interest from Old Miss. And then – from there, I didn't really hear from them again. Like, I got hurt, so it was like I didn't hear very much from anyone. And then this year, it kind of really took off. I first started talking to uh, University of Little Rock. Uh, I was talking to uh, Noah, Coach Noah Sanders. I was talking to him heavy, really like him, really nice dude. Like, I was like, yeah, I don't know. He's got me kind of hooked. And then that's when I played, like, in the WWBA. And Brewster, Coach Brewster was like, hey, Alabama likes you. And then Missouri likes you. And I was like, oh, okay, we're getting, like, up there now. And then so I was talking to Alabama and Missouri. And then uh, I went to the Futures games. And I was playing, and, like, all these schools were interested in me. Like, they were watching me throw pop times, hitting. And I was, I was like, okay, this is legit. And then I was fixing to go on a – a visit to Missouri the, right after that. And uh, Coach Brewster called me after the – I think it was actually the first – no, it's the second game. I had known, like, Coach Nate was there. Like, the whole, like, Coach Hobbs, like, they were all there watching. And uh, – but I didn't think they were watching me because, like, they never said anything to me. So, I was like, uh, they've got to be watching, like, Jackson Kircher or Eli or something. Like, I was kind of like, they're not watching me. But then I caught – and they, like, would leave after I got on catching. And then I was like, okay, well, this is kind of weird. Like, where'd they go? And then uh, Coach Brewster called me, and I was going putt putting. He was like, hey, do you want to become a hog? I was like, what? And then uh, I was like, Coach Brewster, stop playing with me. And then he was like, I wouldn't play with you. And I was like, yes, sir, I want to become a hog. He said, <laughs> I told him that you were going to Missouri after this. He said, no, you're not. And he's about to call you and offer you. And I was just, I was trying to process this. So I was like, I didn't even know they were interested in me, coach. And he was like, yeah, they've been watching you. And I was like, all right. So, yeah, I, I called him in the pup parking lot. And he offered me and I committed on the spot. But, like, I wasn't allowed to say nothing until I got done finishing, like, playing. So, it was hard for me not to post or anything. But, yeah, I wasn't allowed to post. I, like, had to keep it secret. So, it was kind of tough. Yeah. So how, how, how long did you have to kind of keep that, keep that quiet? Cause I mean, obviously big news like that. I mean, you want, you want to spread, like you said, you want to spread that news to, 
to everybody. But yeah. how long did you have to wait and kind of just keep your mouth shut a little bit? A day and a half. And it felt like a week. I'm sure. Because I'm sure people are like, there's probably kids in your, in the dugout who are talking about, oh, I see I see Coach Van Horn or, or whatever. Yeah. Kind of, you're kind of just like, oh, I well, can't, can't say anything. Yeah. But, can't say nothing. Uh, no, but digging in. So you said you talked to Ole Miss first. Um, your mm-hmm. freshman year. So kind of dig into that a little bit. What your mind with you being a freshman, I take that. I think that's what 14, 15 years old. Um, yes, sir. So what was that like talking to Ole Miss, who's also another pretty good baseball program? Like just yeah. what's going through your head when you're talking to a school like that when you are so young? Uh, I was like, I didn't really think it was like real, but like coming from an uh, he owns one of our hitting facilities and he was just like, hey. I want to get you up here some, for some film because Coach Bianco likes you. I was like, who? And I was like, oh, Miss, like, are you serious? He was like, yeah. So he was, like, showing me the text and, like, screenshots of them wanting to talk. And I was like, wow, okay. And so I had to get some film. And I was, like, really nervous because I was a freshman. But kind of talked to one of my buddies that committed there. It goes to my high school, Slade Coldwell. And I was just talking to him about it. He was like, yeah, they're really cool guys. So, I mean, I was, like, nervous, but it was just – I couldn't really, like, talk to him because being a freshman. But so, uh, Coach Travis is his name. He was doing, like, all the talking and, like, relaying the messages to me and stuff. All right, so you talked to Ole Miss there your freshman year. How long was it until more schools started reaching out and the recruiting process started picking up there for you? It wasn't until uh, end of freshman year when Coach Corey Lambert kind of gave me uh, Euler's number. And then I went from there, I was like – Euler, Illinois State, uh, Missouri, Alabama, and then kind of Arkansas, I guess. Okay, so obviously you did commit on the spot to the Razorbacks, but before that happened and before you realized Van Horn and the other coaches there were kind of watching you, was there a school that you had in mind that potentially was going to be the spot you wanted to go? Yeah, definitely Alabama. They were, like, heavy interested in me, and I was like, this is a great school. And Coach Bruce was just telling me, like, have one good game and they're going to offer you, like they're telling me. And I was like, all right, yeah. Like, and I was talking to my parents. I was like, once they offer me, like, I'm going to commit there. And then so I was – but then Arkansas – like, Arkansas was a dream school, but they, like, I didn't even know they were interested. So it was, like, kind of, like, out of nowhere. And I was like, well, this tops Alabama. So I was like, this is a top school in the country and it's in-state. And I was like, it's Fayetteville. I was like, heck, yeah, I'm going here. Yeah, and I was like, so, screw Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so with with Alabama being uh, that top pick for you, how was what was that relationship like with their coaches? Because Alabama is another SEC program, and I mean, pretty much every SEC program is just great at baseball, great baseball program. So what was that relationship like with their coaches? Um, kind of uh, before you committed to uh, the Razorbacks, it was good. I really only had one phone call, and it was like, yeah, I'm gonna be at the Futures Games. I've been watching you at the WWBA. And uh, it was he was just telling me like they're a big time school like they can compete really well, and he's like telling me about their football program like all the games I would go to would be really like cool big fan base like he said you're gonna have a lot of people supporting you behind your back and then uh, I was just like yes sir and he was telling me to see me at the future games but it was like kind of like a short call but that's the only really time I talked to him okay. So being committed to Arkansas, I mean, you have a great relationship with a lot of the guys there playing with them on the sticks, Bretton Clark, Mark Brissy. Um, I mean, I'm, I know I'm missing guys because I feel like half the guys <laughs> who are committed to yeah. the Jacks play for the sticks. Um, but what are some of those relationships like that you have 
with the Ar- with some Arkansas commits or even guys who are playing there right now? Oh, yeah. We, I mean, some of the Arkansas commits, like, kind of Ross Felder, Gideon Motes, Brenton, Mark. It's like we all, we all like, love each other. It's like, I mean, it's, it's definitely, like, feels good to have, like, some people you know going to the same school. And, like, I know Josh Heineman at uh, – Arkansas right now, like we're kind of, we're cool. We've been friends, like knew each other growing up, played for the same travel team. Like it's just cool, like knowing a lot of people that are going to the same schools you and potentially like gonna room with or something. Yeah, of course. Um, so what was that relationship like with the Arkansas coaching staff? Not just the players, but the coaching staff. Obviously, you committed on the spot to Van Horn, but now you've had the opportunity to get to know him a little bit. Um, so what's that relationship been like? And even what was it after um after September was it September first? Where you September first, yeah. So, how has that relationship grown even past that? Now that it's easier to get in contact with them, yeah, definitely way easier. Like talk about getting tickets to football games and stuff, and it's just like he calls me, and it's not really about baseball. It's like getting to know me on a personal level. So, like, I really like that about Coach Nate, and it's just like always ask me how I am, how my family's doing, like what I've been doing and stuff like that, and you just can't wait to like for me to get there, and it's just really like nice to have someone that like cares so yeah yeah so when you do head to Fayetteville now you've got a year and a half with you being a 24 guy um you're you are a catcher and a, a catch sorry a catcher and a pitcher like we kind of talked about before we started recording um what do you think that plan is there as as you head to Fayetteville when it comes to potentially being a two-way or just going straight to being a catcher from now on the rest of your career like what do you think in your mind is the plan as you head into the future well you know, I have a really, really good pop time. So, like, and defensively, I feel like I'm a good catcher. But, you know, the stick, it's there. But, like, I don't know, like, but I have a good stick. It's just, you know, you just got to be, like, top, top notch. And I'm up to 93. So, it just depends. Like, really, I kind of want to get drafted. So, like, I've been just working and, you know, like, trying to perfect my craft in the cages. You know, and because I, I don't really like pitching. I'm just kind of good at it. And uh, but I hope to I hope to just catch at Arkansas. Okay. But it's whatever gives me playing time. You know, I'm not going to complain. Of course. I mean, it's always better being on the field than what it is in the dugout. So. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. But, um, let's let's dig into both sides of it then. So we'll start with pitching. Uh, kind of what is your pitching repertoire when you're up there on the mound? Like what are what are some things you're show, you, um, um, you, you got? Uh, I'm more of a closer. So like. Well, only reason I'm a closer is because I'll catch, like, a full game and then, like, sixth and seventh inning, and I'll take my gear off and just go warm up in the bullpen. <laughs> so, uh, I'm like a guy that goes up there and, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna throw it down your – like, I'm going to throw it down your throat. Like, I'm about to come for it. I'm a big fastball guy, but, like, knowing from the catcher's perspective, like, and knowing the batter, I kind of, like, already know what I want to throw before, like – the, the before the catcher calls it so I'm like already sitting on a pitch I'm like dude I know this guy better than you do <laughs> and then so like I can mix off speed I have a slider curveball fastball and changeup, so I, I can throw hitters off balance so but yeah I like to learn from like definitely some of our pitchers like Lance I like to ask him questions and Mark like about their pitching because I'm kind of new to pitching I just like throw hard so <laughs> I kind of got into it a lot more so I was, like, kind of asking Mark and Lance about their grips and stuff like that, and they would help me out. And, like, their workouts and stuff they do, mobility stretches. And I was, like, 
Because if I'm going to do this at the next level, like, like maybe then, you know, might as well get to working at it. Of course. So what, what's your favorite breaking ball? Uh, probably what's, my, what's the, probably what's the nastiest breaker ball, breaking ball? Uh, sometimes my slaughter, but mainly my curveball. Yeah. I'd have to say it's like a big swing and miss pitch or like buckles batters a okay. lot. So with you, with you wanting to catch at the next level, like, do you have a plan at all to potentially add another pitch at all? Or are you kind of dead set with those four, that four pitch mix that you have right now? Uh, I'm, I'm always open to learn something new that it would make me better as a player. So whatever would, I'm open to anything, whatever makes me better, whatever someone thinks, like I'm open to doing that. Yeah. All right. So flip it around a little bit to when you're actually receiving the pitch and you're actually behind the plate. Um, so are you, are you calling games when you're behind the plate or you have coaches who are kind of telling you what to call? Uh, no, I, I, I called at a really young age. Like my dad coached me. So like he wanted me to learn at a really young age, how to call and like how to mature faster. So like I called, I've called everything except for, you know, there's some pitchers like you kind of have to like, we, our Valley view, like we do uh, cards, like where he calls out numbers. But if I had certain pitchers that were comfortable with me calling, then I would call. But this year, I think it's just me calling. They like scratched everything and said they're going to let me call because I called state championship, like all state playoffs, and it just worked. So, so how does how does that make you feel to now that they're kind of put, putting all their trust into you instead of uh, kind of calling it their own sometimes? Uh, it makes me feel good. Like it makes me feel like they trust me and like being a leader because they obviously wouldn't do that if they didn't think that I was like a leader to do it. So it made me feel really good. Yeah. So what is your approach when you're calling games? So obviously when you're in high school ball, when you're in travel ball, you're not, I mean, you're face, you're facing so many guys. It's not like it's the major leagues where you're facing the same nine batters for yeah. a series of three, four or five games. And you're just facing so many guys on a weekly basis. So yeah. what is your approach when you're calling games, not really knowing what the scouting report is on some of these guys? Oh, uh, I guess being a, like a bigger, like I know a lot of the big players that I play. So like when they get up to hit, I've kind of already seen them play. So I know what to expect. So I kind of like go over a scouting report with my coach, like, get his opinion too. Like I'll give like a write on a piece of notebook paper what I think, how I think we should go about this lineup. And then like, I'll look at some of their game changer stats, like their spray chart and like, especially in the state, like uh championship, not say championship, like state playoffs are, uh, we'll be able to watch the games and I can like take notes on the batters, how they, how their approach is, where they stand on the plate, what pitch they're watching, like sitting for first pitch. And I just like, I really like to like take a lot of data on info because it helps me like calling. I'm so sure. I know what to like do. Yeah. So when, when you are calling pitches and let's say you think you got the great pitch, you're gonna, maybe say you're going to strike a guy out or you're just going to start him off with a certain pitch to make it 0-1 um, and he gets a hit off, hit, hit off that pitch. Do you kind of take offense to that a little bit? Or are you kind of like, all right, man, you beat us there next time we'll get yeah. you? Definitely not. I don't take offense to it. Like he he did his job. He won that battle. So you know, like you're not gonna win every time. It's a, it's. I mean, baseball is a game of failure. So it's like you you might win this time. You might not. But you know, I just have a better chance of winning because I've done like my research. But if he does it, I mean, he did what he did. It's his job to try to get on base. So yeah. he hit it. Yeah. So have you ever had a pitcher can like just consistently shake you off to where you're calling two three pitches? Um, in a in a given at bat, and the guys just keep he just keeps sh saying no. 
No, not really. Only time I've had that happen is when, like, I guess a pitcher's arm is bothering him, and I'm calling, like, breaking balls, and he doesn't want to throw them. So he's more like, I just want to throw fastball. But the only time I've really ever been shaken off is, like, trying to throw, like, off speed when a player's arm's hurting. But sometimes, like, I'll have one shake, and uh, it's if they don't feel comfortable with that pitch, then I completely understand. So, like, I know the pitcher usually, like, personally on how what he wants to throw, talk to him before the game. I'm like, hey, man, if you shake this, what do you want to go to? And he tells me, so I know exactly what he wants after that. Okay. So, obviously, when you're playing for, let's say, this, this um, in Jupiter for the Sticks and WWBA, when you're facing, when you're catching guys that you've never really caught before, how do you kind of go about g- growing that relationship and growing that trust within a guy when you're kind of catching them for the first time? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, WWBA, when I was going to pin catching kids, I was asking their name, where they're from, favorite pitches, what they got, uh, how they threw it, what they were comfortable with. And then uh, behind the plate, just seeing what pitches, like, I knew they could dominate it. And, and I was just, uh, like, secondary questions, like, bases, runners on, what do you feel comfortable doing? Are you leg kick, leg slide? Like, just getting to know them, like, how they work. And then I know they're – obviously they're there for a reason, so they're they're dominant. So I was like, all right, this kid's got his stuff, so I can call really whatever. Okay. So going into the hitting side of things, let's kind of take it through. Let's go through your approach. Um, so when you're on the on-deck circle, you're walking up to the batter's box, like just what's going through your mind, what are you trying to do with each at-bat, and kind of how does that change a little bit uh, depending on the situation? Yeah, well, it really starts for me in the hole. Or like it just dep- – like, yeah, Lisa – I usually hit third, and so the the game starts for me in the hole. So, like, when I see a pitcher, I'm going to try to study him, like, see if I can tip anything that he does with his glove, his body, his body language, what pitches he likes to throw first. Like, because I, I can face a bat like a pitcher a hundred times in one game, but just mentally see him and get up there three times and face him while hitting. But when I get up to the plate, uh, I like to – find a focal point on my bat and like say let's go like you got it or say something that'll like get my confidence going and then I'll look somewhere else like off in the distance and then kind of like put my bat and goes back together kick the dirt a little bit and then I kind of like to focus like off in the space a little bit until they start going because I like the my like feels like my vision gets blurry like looking in the same place so then I like look when they start to get in the windup, I'll kind of look back at them. And my approach is middle away. I'm really trying to hit the ball through the fence. I'm not trying to hit it over like a lot of guys say, trying to hit it over. Like, no, I like to hit it through the fence or gap to gap power. Like, not really trying to hit it over. Runners on, I just like to do my job. Like, hit, like, strike hard. Like, punch them in the mouth, hit first. I don't like to get behind the count. I like to hit first and, like, because usually – in high school ball, it's first pitch fastball, so eat the cookies. Yeah. So when when you do get behind in the count and you're and you're facing two strikes, are you one of those type of guys that likes to kind of you know, change your approach quite a bit, or do you kind of keep it the same a little bit, um, just change some minor things? Oh no, I'm a big like change everything. So like, I'm I'm kind of open stance, half leg kick, uh, like hit the ball. But when I get two strikes, it's more of spread out in the launch position. Let the let the fastball get as deep as it can on the outside corner because then you can't get beat with the breaking ball. And you'll see it out of the hand better. And I'm just more like hard barrel contact because 
the, the infield still has to do their job. So, like, striking out, they, like, it's not that hard, but, like, but if I put a ball in play, the infield has to do what they have to do. Or outfield hit a ball hard, they have to feel it correctly and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you had to go through the mechanics of your swing, kind of take us through what it is from just the beginning um, to all the way to where you're in your follow through at the end of that this, that swing. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a uh, like half open guy, uh, leg kick. My hands, I like them kind of like resting here, and then like get a little swing to it with my hands. And then, uh, yeah, just after that, it's more of like a more of like a downswing. I think like down the slide. I'm trying to tell myself like down the slide, not up, because when I tend to do like up, like trying to think up, and then I my barrel's not in the zone as long as I can make it. So, yeah. So if you were let's so obviously like we mentioned before, all those scouts watching you at the futures game, all those scouts watching you the WWBA and Jupiter a couple of weeks ago. Um, if you were one of those scouts and you were watching one of your games, what would be your personal scouting report on yourself? Uh, it would be a team player, like verbally good with everybody. Uh, something happens to him. He's going to still pick his team up, you know, uh, like hard worker. He hustles everything first when he ball gets hit. Nobody on. He's sprinting down the first baseline. He's sprinting. Back to the dugout after three outs. He's talking to his pitcher when uh, he's struggling. He's encouraging the infield, letting everybody know what to do. Uh, does his job at the plate. Doesn't try to do too much. And it's not really like a – he's kind of a just an all-around player. Okay. So that's digging into all the good things. If you had to dig into maybe some of the things that you want need to work on or let's say your biggest weaknesses before you head to Arkansas and you start playing college baseball, what would be some of those weaknesses – that you would like to fix um, just within your, your game entirety? Uh, definitely when I'm struggling, not to be on like a roller coaster of emotions, more be like just steady here, not to get too high and not to get too low. Because okay. I kind of have a kind not a problem, but it's like sometimes when I get like something goes bad a couple of times and nothing will go right, I kind of just like shut down. Like you can tell I kind of, I, I don't talk to really much people. I'm not as up. And if something goes good, I'm like way up there. But I've been – this past summer, I really, like, got good at just, like, being just here, like, not getting too up and not getting too down. So, yeah, that's I've been working on that. Um, so, when it, when it comes to people within your baseball career, um, who may be the most influential people that you've had um, so far, and then just how have they helped you in your baseball career? Uh, one guy, hitting coach, Coach Todd, he really helped me what to do, like, telling me where he thinks I could play, like, what – what some like some places I could go really helped me to get my swing down. And then Coach Corey Lambert, he helped me too in the recruiting process, giving me some schools, telling them like, like kind of hyping me up a little bit. And then definitely Coach Brewster, because all the connections he has. And uh, probably definitely my parents for giving me like taking me everywhere. It couldn't happen without them. Um, yeah, that's probably it. Well, my grandparents too, they kind of, they, they helped me a lot. Like being the kid I am like and stuff like that, just not being a, a fake person. Yeah. All right. So you kind of dig in there to your, your parents and your grandparents. So let's move away a little bit from the baseball field. Just got a couple more questions here. Um, and I always like to move away from the baseball field just to end it off and kind of get more of the personal side of things. 
um, of each player. Um, so digging into it, when you're not playing baseball, what would be some of the passions that you have that you'd like to do uh, beyond the baseball field? Oh, yeah, definitely uh, hunting. It's a big one of mine. I like to hunt all the time. Like this winter, I don't think I've – since it's open, I don't think I've gotten out of the stand one time this weekend. I mean, during the weekends. So, yeah, and I, I mean, my house is kind of like covered in <laughs> ducks and turkeys and deer, coyote, everything you can think of. I like to hunt. I'm a really big fisherman too. So, like, when I get home from baseball tournaments, I go out and fish. I like to hang out with friends. I don't like I don't like to party. Like, I don't go to parties ever because, you know, it's something I like to do. So, like, I kind of find my friend group that likes to just hunt and fish and just, you know, chill, have a good time, hang out with family. You know, yeah, so – that's really all. That's really all I do is hunt, fish, play which, baseball, I mean, work out. Which, which isn't abnormal. When I, I feel like every uh, the majority of baseball players I talk to, they're they're hunting and fishing um, every time. Every time they're not playing baseball. But in Arkansas, so when it I know you said you got turkeys, ducks, coyotes, mm-hmm. deer. Um, and our, I know here in Indiana, like there's different seasons for that for like yeah. rifle season, bow season, and then there's different seasons for whatever animal it is. I'm not, a, even though I grew up in the country in a bunch of cornfields, I never really hunted. So I really don't know all the rules, but like, what are those rules in Arkansas when it comes to like certain animals and certain things that you can use to hunt um, during each part of the year? Yeah. So deer hunting usually starts around like September and it'll end in February. And then through the period of deer hunting, duck hunting will start around November, the end of November, and it'll end in January. And then there's turkey season, which is uh, March, towards March. And uh, no, it's May. I'm sorry. Excuse me. It's it's in May. And then coyotes is usually all around, like, year. And then dove hunting just ended. It's in September. And then that's all I can really think of that I hunt. Okay. So but yeah, deer, it's separated into like different different times of the year where it's different things you could hunt. Okay. So deer, obviously you're in that deer stand, you're up in the, you're up a little bit up high in the trees. Um for coyotes, like you're like that's like open field, isn't it? Like kind of where you're like you're maybe laying down in the just like a cornfield or something, and you're just waiting for the coyotes mm-hmm. to come. So my grandpa has a he he sold cattle. So he recently sold them. And like he uh like there's just it's just an open field and we kind of sit behind some brush and you put a speaker in the middle of the field, like a distressed rabbit or like an animal dying, like a prey, they would usually hunt and they'll like come to it. And you can use like uh, either a spotlight or a thermal scope and you can see them. And that's when you shoot them. Okay. Yeah. Like that's, that is the one, like I said, like I didn't hunt much in high school, but I went hunting Mm -hmm. one time with some of my football buddies and that's what we did. Like we just like, I mean, I wore like a t-shirt. It was like November, like a t-shirt and shorts to this guy's house. Yeah. And he's like, hey, we're going coyote hunting. I'm like, what? Like, what the hell? Like, I'm, I'm stuff to go outside. <laughs> yeah. So we go and we just laid in the field for like three hours. I was like, man, this, I mean, it's, it's cool. Especially when, like, especially when he killed the coyote, like it was cool to see all that. But yeah, man, no, like it's, it's interesting the, the way different strategies that everyone uses to go hunt um, and mm-hmm. just get, get what they want. But besides hunting and fishing, um, when you're in, so I know it's Valley View High School. Like, what's the town? I couldn't really find where that's at. Uh, Jonesboro. Okay, so when you're in Jonesboro, like, what are some other things to do? I know Josh Hyman's from there as well. 
um, mm-hmm. talking to him. But like, what are some other things to do in Jonesboro? Is that like a somewhat of a of a mid-sized, bigger town in Arkansas, or uh, what's uh, that like? Jonesboro's like eighty thousand, I think. So it's pretty big, but I'm more of like a do my own thing type of guy. Like I don't people kind of call me lame. I don't know. I, I just like to. I like to really like work out all like all the time, and then if I'm not working out, I'm kind of just hunting. And if I'm not doing that, I'm just chilling. Like I'm not. I don't like to go out. So yeah, just not really much to do. There is, but like it all, it all involves like partying or like going to meet up with people. But I'm not really like into that. Yeah. So what is so what is it that motivates you um, within your baseball career? Um, within other things, obviously your family as well. Um, so what is it that motivates you just to get up? Um, and just win the day every day? Uh, it's just, I want to be the best that there is. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be slept on. Cause you know, I was slept on for a little bit. I felt like, so like I'm out there now. So I want to be the best. I don't like, I want to play. I don't like sitting on the bench. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's it for me. And, you know, just knowing that I can do it and trying like proving some people wrong saying that I couldn't do it and then you know just going there like I can do it I know I will so I'm going to prove you wrong just waking up just going to crush everything I do all right so when it comes to just your life in general baseball career non-baseball career um, everything goes perfect here these next 20 years everything goes the way that you want it what is that perfect picture uh, when it comes to your life in 20 years when you're I, I believe like what 30 36 37 uh, what what is that uh, picture looking like if everything goes right in your life in 20 years? Hopefully the next uh, 10, it'll be playing 10 or 15. It'll be like playing the playing in the bigs, you know, catching catching some dudes, playing uh, just playing in the big leagues, making some good money, and then after that, probably coaching a Division One school or being a scout for a team. Okay. I'd really love to do that. So, so that's would, what uh hope happens. All right. So who who would be your dream pitcher to catch um in the major leagues right now? Uh, probably Jacob Degrom. Yeah. He, I mean, not not a bad guy to choose. I mean, he's had a dominant past couple of years. So yeah, he can, no one really hits like off of him, and he kind of. I just have to set up in one place. So. Yeah. All right. So down to that last, down to the last question. Um, here we're gonna end it off. So when you do head to Fayetteville, head to Arkansas, you're gonna get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. I'm sure you've heard little rumblings of it with you being a with you being a junior. But when you do head to Arkansas and get that opportunity what would be one dream brand that you would love to work with, um, endorse, collaborate with, whatever it happens to be? What would be that brand? Uh, probably DNW Outdoors or like Sitka or, yeah, definitely just Sitka. Sitka okay, bro. so Sitka what, what, is, what is that? It's like a big hunting brand, really expensive clothing, like hunting brand, really nice stuff. It's like upper thousand dollar jacket, so like a thin jacket. So like, Oof. it would be nice to have all that stuff. 
Yeah. But I mean, definitely a cool brand that definitely, I mean, those hunt, like I was always, I, I can't remember who I told, I think it was, might've been Brex Caldwell where I mm. told him like, it'd be cool to see with me, especially being an aspiring agent where I like to see like all these brand deals go on. Like, it'd be mm. cool to see like a Bass Pro Shops or even yes, yeah. just mentioned, uh, get those, get those endorsement deals with baseball players. Uh, because I mean, like I said, most baseball players do like to hunt and fish in their free time. Yep. Um, so it'd be something cool to see. Uh, one, my, my favorite NIL deal or just endorsement deal I've seen so far is um, former Arkansas stick, Drake Varnado, I believe it, his name is, mm-hmm. and at Arizona State, played at Arkansas last year. Um, he got, tw- he got like, I think he said like 35 stakes from Texas Roadhouse. Oh like, my God. Man, like that, that would be, my <laughs> like, I wasn't even thinking about that, that like, if I was a ball player, that would be my dream brand. I love steak. Yeah. That would be um, awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, man, but uh, that's all the questions I got for you. really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know I'm, I've been talking with Coach Brewster a lot. I know me and him got some things in the work, so this probably won't be the last time I'm talking to you. I'll probably go watch you play next summer. But if not, I'll, awesome. definitely, I'll definitely still be following your career when you head to Arkansas, go play pro ball. Um, so I just want to wish you the best of luck there these next couple of years um, as you continue on with your career. And like I said, just thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me. Thanks yeah, a lot. Thank you.